This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, for more information about how to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate the time that you give us. Please share this podcast with somebody you know. We would really appreciate it. And now, on with the show. But today, we're not going to be on the Enterprise. We will be on Space and Beyond. I don't know if you have your book open, Eddie, but... Let me, Let me get the sucker bar. open. Let me crack open the old choose your own adventure. And exactly. hey, anyone, anyone watching, maybe Lee, we got to give them a breakdown. Oh, we might yes. have some view. Yeah. What, what are we doing here, man? What we're going to do is we crack open an old 1980s choose your own adventure book and we will have it on screen for you, but we will be reading it through. And then when we get to an area or section of the book where a decision needs to be made, then you the listener slash viewer get to decide where we're going to go. If we turn to page two and jump over the cliff on top of a mammoth, or do we go to page 18 and go into the forest, for example? So you can chime in on the chat and let us know where we need to go, what, uh, what we need to choose and we'll do it. And you can always chime in too on other things. As long as we keep it somewhat family friendly. (laughs) Right. Yeah, don't be if getting you, salty on this show. What are you doing? If you want Eddie to take his them. shirt off, he will. Listen, I'll <laughs> only take my shirt off if we hit that Lenny Vernon Kickstarter. Oh, wait, we did. We did. Oh, Yeah, shout out to Omug Comics for hitting their goal. Omug Eddie, Comics, good job, guys. Eddie's taking his shirt off, and he's taking a bite out of a sandwich. Uh, no, not tonight. You're not getting <laughs> no, yeah, that tonight. That's true. That's, true. that's no. only for if you back it. You have to back, you back the. You back it and then a bite out of a sandwich for you. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a gift. I'm not sure that's a gift, Lee. Well, I just need to think you, about that. If you take your shirt off and bite the sandwich at the same time, is that. Mm. Can that be done? I don't know. I don't know. That might be jumping the sandwich at that point. <laughs> We're jumping the sandwich. Um, uh, but yeah, here, let me get my. Let, let, let me synchronize my, my Timex watch, my swatch. Swatch watch here. Swatch. Oh yeah, that is like those suckers. Yeah. Oh, I should have got a flash. I need a pin flashlight for the '80s nostalgia. Forgot to bring one. Right. You can't you can't read a choose your own adventure book without a flashlight. Right. You you got to have the flashlight, the pin light, or the uh, this is. So we talked about the pin light, the one you can put in yes. your pocket. Yep. I want to invoke. There was this weird flashlight that had like it was like you would hold it like this. But it had like a little angle to it, and it had a button, a thumb button. Oh, you would slide it. Remember that? Nice. And you would just point it at thing. It was almost. It looked like a like a gun. Invokes, almost, <laughs> almost like a sci-fi like laser gun. You'd be like pew 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 pew. Maybe you, that you was did, just me. You did that, didn't you, Eddie? You pretended yes. it was a phaser. Are we kidding here? Are we joking now? This of course you did. Now. Oh yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah, darn right. Yeah. Just like so, you, so you put your you put your cape on, and you jump off the porch, pretending you're Superman, and then you scream in agony as you like twist your ankle. Uh, exactly, crunch. Oh God, <laughs> I didn't plan on this. So, 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 like Lee said, the premise here is we're going to start the story, and this is very family friendly. So, yeah, have your kids sit along if you like with you. Um, but we're going to read the story, and we hit a critical point in the book, and you help us in the comments uh, choose which way to go choose Definitely. your own adventure and how well, often in life 
I guess every day we're choosing our, choosing our own adventure. Yes, you know? you're right. We are. I mean, and so, sometimes we meet an old man in the cave, and sometimes we, like I said, we jump over a cliff on top of a mammoth while we're on fire. Listen, there's very few moments in life where you find yourself riding a mammoth on fire, but when it happens, you just breathe it in. I think that's just 2020 in a in a nutshell. A flaming mammoth jumping over a cliff. If 2020 had a spirit animal, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be Eddie and Lee uh, riding a flaming mammoth off a cliff. I, I am not gonna, I am not gonna argue this at all. Uh, yeah, without further ado, yes. let's get going, man. Let's do yeah, this. So, Space and Beyond, Edward Packard. He's the guy that started it all. You're born on a spaceship traveling between galaxies. A spaceship is on a research mission. The crew of the spaceship includes people from five different galaxies. Count them, five. Your parents are not from the same galaxy, but both have features common to those found on planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy. Because you have been born in space, you may choose which galaxy and planet you wish to belong to and have citizenship. Because the spaceship tra is traveling at a very great speed, you reach the Earth age of 18 years old in only three days and two hours. I like how they add the hours on there. Now, now to pause this. Are we on Space Patrol? What are we on? Uh, no, what Space and Beyond. Dang it. I'm on the wrong book, man. Well, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Space and happened? Beyond. So I sent you the space link a little bit, a little bit earlier. Here we go. Borrowing. My okay. bad, everybody. That's all right. This is my first. This this is my first rodeo. It's not. <laughs> I know better than this. All right. Garbage. Here we go. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you now. Okay, now you must choose the planet Phonon in the galaxy of Pinium or the planet Zimacroid in the galaxy of Uphos. Phonon is three times the size of the planet Earth, and the star provides some of its life-giving force. It is huge but ancient. There is fear that it's losing its force. Phonon has a history filled with trouble. Whereas Zermacroid is the galaxy in the galaxy Uphos, far distant from the Milky Way galaxy. This galaxy has black holes and supernova stars. It has always been regarded as an uncertain region by observers and spacecraft crews. It is a difficult area and black holes are unplotted and dangerous. Reports from previous space probes say that Zermacroid has a dim and troubled past. The reports also prophesied a bright and exciting future. So if Ooh. you choose Phonon as your birth, go to page two. If you choose Zermacroid, turn to page three, but throw your luck when you go to Zermacroid. Right? Throw your luck. I think I my uncle had a Zermacroid lanced once. I can't remember for sure. Ooh, yeah, you gotta go, <laughs> you've got a Zermacroid. Go to the dermatologist for that yeah, one. Yeah, you want to get that checked don't out. Be, I just love that Zermacroid. Zermacroid. You know, you wonder on the naming conventions if they just sat down and were like, guys, we need names and we need them now. Don't be messing around. We quit. Roll some dice. Zermacroid. All right. You keep your job. Yeah. It's you just know? like at the Motu Hasbro uh, during the 80s. They're like, we need a name. This guy has an eye. So we're gonna, he has three Neo. eyes. Triclops. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Yes. This guy is a monster and he's a man. Ah, uh, beast man. All right, you're good. You keep your job today. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank I, you. I could pay my oh, house. Amanda says, Amanda. Zermacroid, toss that luck. She says, this luck was made for tossing. I don't want to keep this luck. Toss it. 
So let's okay, do Amanda, um, keeping up keeping up with tradition, Amanda. What's the name of a character that we're going to run into during this? These two, because she always she's predicted it before. Amanda has predicted the names of characters before. Amanda, in common, let us know. All right. Page Should I three. go to page three here? Yep. Is this me? Am I up? Yep. Zermacroid. What a name. You can't resist this planet and its unknown past. When the captain mentioned the hope for a bright future, you decided that you must go there. It turns out that it is the home of your mother. Who knew? She embraces you, wishes you luck, and gives you a small metal object on a chain. Vague much? Jeez. Hmm. A small yeah. metal object. That might come in handy, perhaps, I bet you. Perhaps this will help you sometime. Just as you are about to go for your final briefing, a young member of the flight crew rushes up and says, Let me go with you. You will need my help. You don't know him well, and you doubt he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. That's me. Uh, you will need my help. You don't know him well, but you have always found him warm and helpful. His name is Murma. Murma. And his broad smile, his broad smile makes you feel happy about the adventures that he that lie ahead. Of course he can come. Of course. Hop on the good ship, Zermacroy, <laughs> with, with my metal object round my neck. I don't yes. know what it is. Mom said it's going to help, so here we go. We're doing it. Uh, the head, uh, the head of research, warns you about uh, Sun Thi, a giant star twelve times the size of Earth's sun. That's big, okay? that's big, kids. Yeah. Just in case yeah, you're wondering, just, that's big. Just letting you know, Sun Thi is in your path, and its enormous gravitational pull could be dangerous. Hmm. He also cautions you about the black holes and supernovas. He tells you that if you want to delay your departure and go through the Space Academy, it may make your chances of success much better. Now, if we recall, and I don't want to be spoilery here to people who are watching, but last time we decided to say, screw Space Academy. We're not doing this. <laughs> School's for dummies. And yeah. we paid a very heavy price. We did. For that, for that. So I'm just putting that out there. Everybody in the comments, decide as you will. Uh, but here are your choices. If you delay departure for further instruction, go to school, you fool. Turn to page <laughs> seven. If you dash off, I'm just saying, we did this before. <laughs> turn to page eight. So page seven, page eight. Which hint, one makes hint. you feel great? Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I'm just saying, a smart, a smart young a young man and woman, they stay in school. <laughs> yes. Where it's funny that so, our mom was Zermer from Zermercroyd. Does that make her a Zermercroydian? Does that make us Zermercroydian? Zermercroydian, Zermercrodashian. <laughs> oh man. Amanda coming in strong with the forget school. School's for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the school Man. for seven and a half years. I'm no uh, dummy. <laughs> exactly. I've been in this high school for seven years. I'm oh, no dummy. <laughs> fine. Uh, so she switched. She switched. Fine. Page fine. Seven. I'm okay. just going to tell you that was a good choice. <laughs> that was All a good right. choice. You're up, All Mr. Right. Lee. So we're going to page seven. Hesitating, you ask what other types of instruction will be given to you. So far, you have learned flight procedures, navigation, languages, weapons, and planning. It's a good idea to get as much information as possible. 
but you ask the head of research, how will you know when you have learned enough? Knowledge is within us all. You have but to realize it. Spend some time now, then go. All right. Great. I'll do as you suggest. I got, a I got a philosophy teacher when I need space knowledge. I know. You're not helping me, bro. <laughs> but how long will it take? Boy, we're, we're just impatient. You may we don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you may either like, go. No, I went out. I just went out now. Go, go, go. <laughs> you may either go to the Space Academy courses on board, or you may study with me and explore the knowledge within you. He does not smile, but he folds his arms and awaits your decision. What is this guy, the Maharishi or something? or, or whatever? Exactly. What was it? It's like, I'm in space camp, and this guy's like, the answers are within you all, and then walks away, and you're like, I don't know how to fly a... You need that trailing <laughs> yeah. voice. The answer lies within you, within you. Exactly. Within you, you, you. And it's like, I don't know how to fly a spaceship still. I just want to learn how to fly the ship. I don't need philosophy. What do I do if a rock goes through the windshield? <laughs> you have the answers within zero help. Zero help. Space camp, no stars. So do we go to the academy or do we explore the knowledge within yourself? Mm. I mean... This is a choice I, within a choice. I know. I don't know why he's being so philosophical. I just want to go to space camp, bro. Just, I just want to learn how to fly the ship so I don't go into a black hole and die. Which, by the way, fun segue. Whoever saw space camp, say something in the comments. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a fun movie. The old space camp. If you decide to attend Space Academy, page 15, if you choose to explore the knowledge within yourself... Turn to page 16. Amanda saying, do not trust your future with teachers. Trust your gut. All right. All right. So we're going to go to page I'm 16. Going. Page 16 it is. Here we go. The name of the head of research is I'm Ferrance. Ferrance? 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 Ferrance. Ferrance? So where is the emphasis? Dude, on the wrong syllable. <laughs> do they do they have Christmas in France? Christmas. Anyway, Ferrands. He tells you that there is an infinity of knowledge stored within all living things from countless past experiences. It sounds crazy, but then you just can't tell. You can't tell, Lee. You just can't mm, tell. You just can't. You wonder if you really can call on experiences from past lives. Man, were these books written in the 70s or what? Wow, I guess so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Are there flashes of memory locked in your cells? Are there dreams you have of places you've never been, things you've never done, people you don't know, actually experiences from a past life bubbling up within you, looking for a way out? This was written for kids. I love I it. You're nine. I love it. I, lo I, I know. You put the book down. You're like, I'm eight. Hey, mom, um, I want to learn something from a past life. Mom, oh, that's, that's nice, dear. <laughs> My past life did not like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yes. Maybe dreams are a real thing. You sense a feeling of calm in the philosopher. Remember, my friend, all travel in space accomplishes little. We end where we begin. Parallel lines cross. Time is not real. Try to make the past the present. <laughs> Man, there. Wow. 
what, what? Where is this coming from? He must have. Edward must have been eating the 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 green the brownies with the special ingredients. He had a pile of mushrooms and he was not holding back. <laughs> He's eating them all. Uh, you feel uncomfortable with these heavy thoughts, especially because you're only seven years old. When he, <laughs> when he talked about parallel lines crossing in space, what does infinity mean anyway? That's true. Oh, wow. Good, Man, it's 2020. Question. I can't. It's 2020. This is a heavy lift. Uh, we can experiment with the past. It is the philosopher talking again. The past is not lost. It has just changed into a different form. You spend days calling on past experiences. It is like a big dream machine. You are doing well. The, the big dream machine is the companion podcast of the Daydream Instruction Manual. Oh. Just so you know. Just oh, so you know. yeah. Yeah. The, the big dream, dream machine. machine. The That's, big dream machine. Oh, yeah. I love it. Get that copyrighted. <laughs> big dream machine. Hashtag big dream machine. At, <laughs> at uh, Covert Nerd Daydream 2020. Yes. You, are go you are doing well. Would you like to give it a try? What do you mean, you ask? You can either travel now into past time, 125 million Earth years ago, bam, wow. the age of dinosaurs, and wander around there, or you can just give it a chance. Oh, dang. Give it a chance and wander into an unknown past. Well, what is it? Here we go. Choice time, kids. If you choose to go back in time 125 million years to the age of dinosaurs, turn to page 33. If you're willing to chance it and go to an unknown past, who does that, by the way? Who's like, just slap some buttons like, like I just did. Just punch your computer. Just slap <laughs> it. Just knock it out of the way. Who, who would be like, oh, I'm in a time machine. Just slap some buttons. I just don't care where buttons. I'm at. Just pop, yeah. pop. Just, um, if, yeah. We're tempting Amanda now. Now I know this. Just be if Marty McFly and just push some buttons. If you are willing to chance it and go back to an unknown past, turn to page 35. So, so 33, go back to the dinosaurs. 35, roll the time dice. <laughs> I love this. This was supposed to be a space travel book, but now we're like a cave of time type thing. By the, by the way... I'm going to put this out there again. We already have Proof Rock and Schmidt, which is woefully still not launched. We will get this going, Lee. I swear. Someday. Mark, mark, mark. Now we need hashtag time dice. Oh, yeah. Or big dream machine. Time dice and the big. Oh, time dice and the, and the big dream machine. <laughs> I think That's the wasn't the big dream machine. Wasn't that Al's name in college? His nickname in college? I think, I think the big dream machine was Al's nickname when he was on a uh, on a, a rush party. In I think college. so. <laughs> the big dream machine. Page 35. Amanda is saying unknown past. Roll those time dice. Just roll the dice. So Please, we're going to 35. You're up, sir. By the way, we'd there. be remiss here while Lee's turning. Please like, share, and subscribe uh, to Covert Nerd uh, Podcast. Deep dive on some fun topics. We yep. just don't read uh, choose-your-own-adventure books, which is super fun anyway. But uh, check out Lee Searcy on Covert Nerd. You will not be disappointed. It is a fun time. Well, thank you. All right. Well, Amanda, <laughs> looks like uh, we'll see what we have here. Amanda, I hope you're happy with what you just – I can see what's <laughs> happening. I see – <laughs> I see what's happening. Oh. All right. Well, let's see what happens. A chance Turn to go lights. to <laughs> A chance to go to the unknown is probably really risky, 
but there is that desire in most people to take big risks. You race back in time toward the edge of eternity, the beginning of the entire universe. You achieve an elastic weightlessness and a sense of complete peace and calm. There is no sound, no light, but no darkness either. You race back to the very beginning, to the pulsating, exciting start. You return to the Big Bang that started the whole thing. You're, you are and you have been a part of everything, always. The beginning is the end. The end. <laughs> Amanda, you had us killed in four choices. Now, you could argue, this is where, this is, <laughs> wow, I'm terrible at this. There's an art. There's an art to no, you're not terrible because this is one of the endings. Like you want to find out one of the endings. I would vote this storyline that we just did is probably the most philosophical choose your own adventure on record ever. Yes. I think Guinness Book needs to be called. We just we just found it all. Yeah, we found the most like mind bending, like forget the matrix. This blows <laughs> that out of the water. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look at this. The beginning is the end. You are now, you are, and you have been a part of everything always. I mean, the whole paragraph is just philosophical. It is. These books were written for grade school children. <laughs> I want to point this out. Like, hey, kids, we're going to drop some modern scientific Eastern philosophy, Christian Judaic. Boom. Deal with it. And kids are like, ah, I want, I want to put a baseball card in my bicycle spoke so it makes a fun sound that is, that is a heavy cool ending yeah do we want to go back and try it again or do we want to go to another book you know we this is our second visit on this book correct yeah uh, you know i mean we can leave it up to the uh to the viewers but i i guess my vote is maybe we go to a new book okay well uh we'll wait a minute and if anybody <coughs> wants to chime in Otherwise, we will go to another space book since it's space themed. This one was not space themed. This was philosophy 102 or I don't know what, you know. This was definitely like philosophy, like infinity yeah. where like, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, Amanda says she's terrible at this. You're not terrible at this. Uh, you landed on an ending. There is There is an art and Lee knows what I'm talking about. Yep. And, and anyone watching who has read a Choose Your Own Adventure book or any of those Which Way books, there's almost this like psychic sense you get about how far you've pushed your luck Yeah, in these books. You'll get so far and you're like, oh, I'm rolling, the, I'm rolling that time dice. I feel it. And you just know when you've kind of gone a little too far. Yes. Death is death. Is, some, some form of death is imminent. It is. You can just feel it. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming All right. strong. So let's go to the next one, which is Space Patrol. I'm returning my digital book because Mama didn't raise no monster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. So this uh, one is by Julius Goodman. This is a whole different author, whole different illustrator, but I loved this cover. I mean, just look at how yellow, orange is. I mean, it just screams 80s, even maybe 60s space art, I guess, for lack of a better word. The art, man. The art in these books really did a heck of a job, like transporting your little, you know, 10-year-old brain to a whole different world. I mean, it's got an explosion on a planet. Like, what are you doing here, people? Well, that's the sun. But look how they're building 
terraforming the planet in the background. They're putting glass, kind of putting a glass dome over the oh, entire planet. Fault. Yeah, it took me a second. Okay. My, my, yeah, you got like a sunrise. Oh, yeah, they're doing like a little terraforming on that planet with the glass dome. And then the name on the computer is Henry. See on the front of it there? I see that. Oh, yeah, the whole like personalization of computers for people. And then the creepy little girl in front of the guy there is just like, okay, what's going on here? But anyway, she's up. She's up to no good. I'll tell you that much. I know that I just, much with my two shirt adventure. The cover was great, anyway. So, <laughs> this, all right. This was right. This was right in that. By the way, all the sci-fi stuff. Um, this was right in that like apex of like the late seventies, the two thousand one Space Odyssey, uh, mm-hmm. movie. But uh, there were so many books that came out that were like super like like heady science fiction um oh yeah if, if anybody out there is even like remotely hungry for something like that at all i cannot recommend enough ring world if you've not read ring world oh. uh, by larry niven or niven i someone correct me please but uh it is the inspiration if anybody out there ever played a little game called halo you might have heard of that one oh. um, halo was inspired by the story ring world by Larry Niven, uh, circa late 1970s. It's a story about a spacefaring guy that comes across a planet that is an actual ring uh, that was constructed by some advanced alien technology. So there you go. Really? That's where Halo yeah. came from, huh? Yeah, the Halo was inspired by Ringworld. So nice. Look at that, Lee. I'm not the only one that can drop some. Uh, That's some awesome. Ring. Yes. <laughs> good. So, yeah, good. I love great, that stuff. It's fun. It's fun. Big recommend on that one. There's other series. Uh, there's Ring World Engineers and Ring World this, but I recommend the first one, uh, Ring World. It's really good. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that out. You'd like I've, it for I've, sure. I've seen Ring World. I just never opened it up and did it. You know, so don't it. even buy it, dude. Wait, because once I move, I think I have like three or four copies of it. <laughs> wow. It's so, How many, well, what's that? How many times did you read that? Twice. Oh, okay. But – you know you're in a half price books and you're like oh it's a dollar fifty and i don't know where my copy is so you grab it and then later on you find your other copy you're like oh "Oh, i have two of these now and then you know that is oh yeah that happens a lot to me i go i lose something i go rebuy it and then i find it yeah i loan it out and then someone returns it later and i'm like oh now i have three copies oh you know exactly anywho but yeah it's a it's a great book so space patrol julius goodman came out in 1983 83. There you go. Lee was a solid, like 15 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Almost nine, nine kidding. You were nine. (laughs) Yeah, I was nine. I was six. There you go. You are the commander and pilot of space rescue emergency vessel three, three. So, so good. They need not two. (laughs) (laughs) a ship. So nice. They named it thrice. Thrice. Oh, good. (laughs) You are also the sole passenger aboard Swerve 3? Swerve Shrev? I don't don't know. Unless you count Henry, the ship's computer, which would be a good idea. Henry is the eighth model of his type, is very sophisticated, and according to general computers, the company that made him is absolutely reliable, and it was also made by Duncan at Motu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gave it a heart. I give it a heart. heart so it feels emotions. Um, All right. I love how the words absolutely reliable are italicized. Yeah. So you hmm. know nothing is going to go wrong. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Bing, so it bing. says to go to page two. 
As commander, you patrol an assigned sector of the solar system. You are a member of Space Patrol, and your job is to keep the peace and provide rescue services in space. You are there to help. You are a 23rd century policeman, proud to wear the bright crimson and gold of the patrol. One of your major duties as commander in the patrol... <laughs> duties. Uh, yeah, he said duties. One of the major duties as commander in the patrol is to be on the lookout for pirates that constantly raid the traffic between Venus, Earth, and Mars and their satellites, and the satellites of those planets not hospitable to human life. You also provide emergency repair and medical services for ships and passengers troubled by breakdowns, meteorites, radiation storms, and other routine hazards of space. You spend six months in space, then go planet side for six months of the rest of rest and recreation. The tour of duty you're on now will be over in a few weeks. Patrol regulations say you must not go into space during your vacation, not even planet's moon. Your superiors want to make sure you don't even think of space during your rest. Go to page four. So they're really setting this up. Oh, well, we're skipping to page four already. Yeah. You've been thinking a lot about a vacation on Venus this time. It's one of the universe's best known pleasure spots. But something in the back of your mind is nagging you to go to Earth since you've never been there. You are also thinking about returning home to Shepard, Saturn's first artificial satellite. Suddenly, Henry interrupts your pleasant thoughts of vacation. Commander... Meteorite debris dead ahead. Shall I handle evasive maneuvers or do you want the controls? Normally, Henry would handle the routine matter, but things have been dull lately and Henry feels you need some action. What? Hmm. Wow. Henry, Henry, that watch be, yourself. That could be taken wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. Come on. If you decide to take the controls, go to page six. If you let Henry do it so you can continue dreaming about vacation, turn to page 45. There we go. So, the first choice. What do we want to do? Do you take the controls or do you let Henry, the robot with the italicized, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Remember, what was it? Uh, it was absolutely reliable. No. What could go wrong? I love that Henry has the wherewithal to consider your emotional state. Like, this guy's bored. He's a robot. He doesn't consider your feelings. So so Amanda's saying, don't trust that robot. You take the controls. Darn right. We know what um, Hal did. And and if I know Amanda at all, she would never trust her fate to a robot. <laughs> take um, those controls, baby. <laughs> here we go. I'll take over, Henry, you dumb robot jerk. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. That's me adding that. You put your hands on the controls and start to thread your way between the meteorites. The radio crackles. SREV2 or SREV3. Emergency. Repeat. Emergency. The closest vessel, please respond immediately to outer rings of Saturn. Over. SREV2 is closer, you think, but not by much. Either of you can handle the call. Maybe you should take it. Some action might feel good. What's going on with this action I they know. keep talking about? <laughs> Dude. It's like you're bored out of your mind, I guess. I'm so bored. You light a fire on the ship because you need to see some action. I just need to feel something. <laughs> you cut off your own pinky to remind yourself that you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in the last one, we really went philosophical. So I guess this one's dark. 
It's going dark, going dark, kids. Maybe you could take it. Some action might feel good. On the other hand, why stick your neck out only a few weeks before your tour of duty ends? <laughs> Besides, you are in the midst of meteorites. So uh, if you decide to take the call and go to the outer rings of Saturn, turn to page eight. If you decide to let SREV2 or SREV, whatever, two handle it, turn to page 13. Do we go to the outer rings of Saturn or do we just let someone else and bob and weave and duck those meteorites? How do we handle that? I forgot, Eddie. Here's our theme song for Space Patrol. <laughs> Look at you busting out Stanley Kubrick. Or, or actually, it's probably more of this for us. <laughs> Spaceballs! Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. So. I'm surrounded by butts, buttheads. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Lee. That's there the, you go. Uh, that's the covert nerd version for you. That's the... So, so Amanda says, page eight, she's saying, take the call, heed the call, go to heed Saturn's the... rings, man. I mean, that's what we're getting paid to do anyway, right? If you want it, put a Saturn's ring on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to keep it, you put Saturn's ring on it. Yes. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We're going to page eight. Henry, tell HQ we'll take the call. Roger, Commander. Henry transmits your acceptance message and plots your course. HQ says take the ship, or HQ says the ship is under pirate attack. They hope to radio more information to us before we arrive. I hope so too, Henry. Ready? Hyperdrive. Prepare to use emergency power and energize battle stations. Oh gosh, this does this does read like space balls. We're doing the hyperdrive and the battle stations. Yeah, we're going to plaid. Mm, we're going full plaid. I have Roger. <laughs> The meteorite storm is over now. You sit in your command couch while Henry makes preparations. You empty your mind meditating. Henry's precise electronic voice interrupts. All set, Commander. Okay, Henry, you key the council switch for hyperdrive. Henry could do this. In fact, Henry could maneuver the ship himself in an emergency, but, paper, but the paperwork you must send to HQ in that case is tremendous. Henry, I'm going to ready... Go into the ready room to put on my armor. Keep me posted. Roger, Commander. Henry sounds extremely calm. He's been programmed to sound calmer and calmer as stress builds, an effect his manufacturers are proud of. But whenever Henry gets ex exceedingly calm, you wonder what's the matter. Henry's voice comes over your suit headset as you walk back toward the bridge. Commander, four minutes and 27 seconds to destination. Roger, Henry. A signal has just come in from HQ that the ship in distress is under attack by a single pirate vessel. Their defensive screens are holding, but the attackers are slowly increasing weapon power. Apparently, they want to take hostages. Hmm. Thanks, Henry. You settle in your couch and consider strategies. You decide you have only two choices. All right. Two choices. Here's the point, kids. Do you try a sneak attack? Or do you go in blasting? Go in guns of blazes, or do you try to sneak in? In my world, there's only one strategy, Lee. We know what that strategy is, but I'm not going to taint the audience oh, here. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Space pirates, oh my. 
Listen, there's only one way to handle space, <laughs> space pirates. Uh, oh, did it a deer? Lions and tigers and space pirates. Oh my! Listen, if you're taking a fight to space pirates, you got to speak their language. Yeah. You kick their teeth in. Exactly. <laughs> you, kick <their> space, <laughs> you kick their you space kick their space teeth right in. Kick their space That's butt. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you sneak attack. Yeah, what kind of come on. Oh, and Amanda zigs when I want to zag. That's oh, how okay. choose your own adventure goes. So Just going for the sneaky sneak. Twenty one. Sneak attack page twenty one. Yeah, we're going far into the future here. Here we go. Page twenty one. Henry. We're going to sneak up on them because sneaking is the least effective strategy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, Amanda. Love you to pieces. Show me on the display the least likely direction they could expect us to come from. Henry lights up the display, then says worriedly, because robots can worry. Worry, of course. But Commander, my calculations show only a 10% chance of success if we arrive from that direction. Ah, yes, Henry, but I have a trick up my sleeve. Work up a course to bring us around to this sector. You punch in numbers on the console. Let's go get them. I love how that's the command. You punch in numbers. Let's go get them. Let's go. You pilot the ship to a hiding spot and tell Henry to wait for more directions. Now comes the dangerous part. You slip out the airlock making sure the two mirrors you have put into a pocket on the outside of your space armor are safe. Hmm. Okay. Space armor. Not just yeah. armor. Space, space armor. armor. Then why aren't they space mirrors? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say space mirrors. You make, you make sure the two space mirrors you have into a, pocket, a space pocket on the outside of your space armor are safe. <laughs> You shove out into space and drift toward the space pirates. Before you can put your plan into action, though, a second pirate ship arrives and comes to rest next to the first one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're sorely outnumbered. Things are getting dicey. I'm turning to page 66. 66. Space-suited figures leave the first ship and use their suit jets to fly to the second. One figure is wrapped in a cocoon of orange light. He is a captive. You wait for them at the airlock of the second ship, laser gun in hand, concealed in the shadow of a hull protrusion. Suddenly you are spotted. Silent laser beams flash through space. At least they get that part right. You can't hear stuff in space. Exactly. Let alone what 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 can they hear you? What can they hear in space? You're like what what? Remember screams in space they can't hear you scream exactly. Love that. Uh, Silent laser beams flash through the space between you and a figure grinning evilly behind its ooh its helmet. He misses. Okay, we went from it to he. You score a direct hit. This is it. Drop your weapons, you command. You are surrounded. I arrest you in the name of the patrol. One false move, and it's all over. And by that, I mean I'm going to kill you. I'm going to space kill you. <laughs> yeah, space kill you. Everything's space. My space helmet. My space mirrors. Exactly. I'm going to space murder you right now. You escort the space captive back to his spaceship and tell Space Henry to call for space reinforcements. To take the space prisoners to space jail. Jail. You better call your space lawyer. (laughs) To post space bail. (laughs) 
Once the prisoners are on their way to jail and their victim is easily, safely on his way, you go back to your ship. Man, turn back to page 25. Like, man, they make you jump around in this one. Jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Jump, jump, jump. All right. You mean to keep reading? We haven't made a choice yet. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read this one when it loads, you, maybe, unless yeah, are you already yeah, loaded. You, no, I'm not loaded. I'm still waiting. Well, Henry, I guess that one worked out all right. Yes, Commander, I'm happy to see that my projection was proved wrong. Tell me, though, what were you going to do with the mirrors? Ah, Henry, everybody needs a secret now and then. Let's decide where to go now. Do you have any objections to heading heading out toward Pluto? None, Commander. Good. Then let's go. Plot us a course, Henry. So we didn't get to find out about the about the mirrors. What? I don't understand anything about those mirrors. I, uh, it just says, ah, Henry, everybody needs a secret now and then. Okay. So he just kind of pushes it off. And cool, then we're going to cool. page 36. So we still haven't gotten to a decision yet. This is really... This, you for, can a tell choose your, is... for a choose-your-own-adventure, we, we are on a path here of not much choice. I'll go ahead and read this one. You've decided to head head toward the outer planets. The distances here are greater, so less is happening than around the inner planets, which are closer together. All the space out here, however, gives pirates and other criminals plenty of room to do their evil deeds and evil then escape. Evil. E- space evil, by the way. Space evil. Yeah, that's true. In fact, you received a briefing two days ago about a band of pirates who, strangely enough, were preying on the scientific traffic between Neptune and Pluto. As you pass Jupiter, Henry reports that he has detected ship retrofire in the distance. My spectrographic analysis is that is that it is the firing of a United Rocket Model R8 Super. I like hmm. how they just put Super on the end. So it's it's not cool. It's a Super. It's Super. Could it be that a ship is in distress, Henry? There is a ninety-eight point five percent probability that it is not. It hardly seems worth investigating. The pirate activity we were warned about is not in this area, but eight light minutes away. All right. Here's our decision. If you decide to investigate the retrofire anyway, go to 18. If you decide Henry's probably right and the retrofire isn't worth investigating, go to page 80. So I want to point this out. We've been on a heck of an adventure so far. We've had meteorites. We've had stealth. We've had space pirates. Space we've, pirates. We threatened to kill a guy. Yeah, we did. <laughs> space kill a guy. So we are at that weird threshold in a choose-your-own-adventure right now where I like to call pushing our space luck. Yes. <laughs> and we have mirrors that we don't want to talk about. we got to have a secret somehow. So Amanda says that we go investigate the retrofire anyway. And he was wrong last time. Yeah, that's true. He yeah, was. It, Henry, he said he's absolutely reliable, though, at the beginning. It was italicized. You know, it's garbage. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to 18. Italics. All right. Page Here we 18. go. Here we go. 18. Let me read this one, sir. When you get near the ship that's retrofiring, you learn that Henry was right. Ooh. Ooh, Henry, once in a lifetime. It is a UR Model R8 Super not a pirate ship. The passengers are surprised to see a patrol vessel since nothing is the matter. 
Sorry we disturbed you, you say. It's just a routine check. You feel a little embarrassed because you hold yourself to impossible standards when you tell Henry <laughs> to compute a new course. Guess I should apologize for not believing you. That's all right, Commander. All humans make mistakes. There's Henry getting in that dig, you jerk. <laughs> Twist the knife. You cruise around Pluto and Neptune for hours, but nothing happens. Henry, do you find this patrol stuff boring too? Man, we are easily bored. We should never have signed up for this job. <laughs> I hate this so much. Ask he's, doing it. Yeah. he's doing it for the benefits. Yeah, yeah. He wants the glory. <laughs> Henry, do you find this patrol stuff boring too? You finally ask. Please define, Commander. Boring, you know, nothing to do. Sit around all day. Wait for something to happen. Boring. <laughs> I'm not, or maybe he spells it out. Who knows? But I think anyway. he did, yeah. B-O-R-I-N-G. I'm not sure I understand you completely. In any event, there's plenty to do. Write reports, monitor radio transmissions, follow maintenance schedules, study. Enough, Henry. You jerk robot. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's all, oh, forget it. This is, we, we are Captain Kirk in this story. Yeah, we are. We want to, we want to punch something. We want to shoot something. We want to do the chop. We want to do the chop. Yeah. 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 Or we want to kiss something. Oh, true. It it was, it was fight, kiss, or kill. That was Captain Kirk's (laughs) (laughs) fight, fight, kiss, kill. I'm not sure I understand completely in any event. Oh, yeah. Follow maintenance schedule study. Enough, Henry. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's all, ah, forget it. I'm going to fix myself a sandwich. <laughs> I love that. A space, a space sandwich. A space. <laughs> you get up from your com- command couch, mouth watering, head to the galley, thinking about one of your favorite things in the universe, a Dagwood sandwich. You know, it. this is an old, the person writing this is like a Dagwood. That reference is gone. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows what a Dagwood sandwich is. It's like, now. what the heck's a Dagwood? It's everything. Whatever you have in the fridge, you throw it on a plate with bread and you call it a sandwich. The sandwich is at least 10 centimeters thick. And that would mean something if we knew what centimeters Centimeter were. What? <laughs> I do. Awesome. I measure things for a living. So it's, yeah. it's about that thick. About that thick. Yeah. And it hits the spot. Look at that sandwich in the illustration, by the way. I that know. thing is like, that thing it's is like dripping. Feet. See how it's dripping? <laughs> This is space. That armrest alone is more than like three neighborhoods and you're going to spill mayonnaise on it, bro. It's 10 centimeters thick and it hits the spot. Unfortunately, it also makes you sleepy and you nod out, not out in your chair. You wake what feels hours later. How long have you been asleep? Henry, I must have fallen asleep. What time is it? There is no answer. Oh, Go to page Turn to page 42. 42. We are hopping all over this I book. know, we are. So the definition of Dagwood, a thick sandwich with a variety of different fillings. Hmm. There you go. I wasn't wrong on that one. No, you, you're you just right, grab, spot on. You, you grab whatever's in the fridge. And just throw it on there. So I call that 42. a Billy sandwich. A Billy sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone has seen Billy Peck eat anything. Forty-two. All right. Is this you or is this me? Yep, this is me. Go for Henry, it. Henry, you call again. More silence. 
You hurry up to the bridge. Maybe there is something wrong with the speaker in the lounge, but Henry doesn't answer your shouts in the corridor or on the bridge. Quickly, you run through the series of tests on the ship's computer. Everything seems normal. All the ship's systems appear to be operating except for Henry's program. Somehow, Henry isn't there at all, which is very strange. Where can a computer or computer program go? It can't pick itself up and walk away. You decide to try the radio to see if it works. This is SREV3. This is a test. Can anyone hear my signal? Repeat, this is SREV dot dot dot. This is Patrol Base Pluto, SREV3. We read you loud and clear. Is anything the matter? If you decide to tell them Henry is missing, go to page 82. If you decide not to tell, not yet anyway, and investigate some more yourself, turn to page 75. Ooh. Do we disobey orders and not <laughs> tell them that something is amiss? Or do we just dump it and say, listen, here's the story. This fancy robot you put on my ship is gone. Where's this that's, robot? Why has he got a free will? What's going on? That's absolutely reliable. Remember? Listen, I wake up and my toaster isn't where I left it last. I'm going to be a little bothered. So what should we do? Should we go ahead and tell them that Henry, the computer is missing? Or do we go do some investigating on our own? Well, we have an answer from Amanda, page number 75, Five. decide not to tell. I love Amanda's independent spirit. Yes, she is. She's a free spirit. She's like, we're doing this ourselves. I trust myself above others. All right, let's go to page 75 then. 75, I'll throw the sucker up as soon as it loads. Here we are, page 75. No, Pluto base, there's nothing the matter, you say. I uh, <laughs> thought there might have been some refrag... Oh, here we go with this. Uh... <laughs> some refragulation with the radio's uh, frimication circuitry, but I guess there's no problem. Thanks, SREV3, over and out. They think you're crazy. <laughs> you just undermined everything you did with the phrase... Fremication, refragulation, fremication. So <laughs> I hope you like not working in space anymore. Uh, you'll be cleaning space toilets from now on. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that takes care of that. They didn't fall. They fell for my ruse without a, without a hint. Now the problem is to find out what happened to Henry and fix him. You lean back in your command couch in your favorite thinking position, hands clasped behind your head. Hey, Lee, what's your favorite thinking position? Evidently, that must be it. <laughs> That's yours. Mine is more like this. Uh, flexing. <laughs> like, uh... No, I'm like the thinker. Well, it's this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The thinker, mm. yes, yes. Mm. Anyway. Chin thinking. under your, the, your hand flexing. under your chin. Shamelessly flexing in front of the camera. I'm not that I'm not that thirsty yet. <laughs> What's up, ladies? Space muscles. Um, space muscles. Space flex. Your favorite thinking position, hands clasped behind your head, and wonder what might have caused this problem. You finally come up with two possibilities. The radiation storm may have caused some damage to the ship's and Henry circuitry. Perhaps you should check some of the service panels on the outside of the hull. And you remember that you were annoyed with Henry just before you went to the galley and yelled, forget it, at him. You don't know if this has done anything, but it might be worth investigating. If you decide to check the service panels, turn to page 41. 
If you decide to determine whether Henry is upset, turn to page 91. That's interesting that we want to go see if he's upset. <laughs> That's awesome. I better go see if I've offended my robot friend somehow. No kidding. Oh, that's awesome. How you think you offended your robot. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt his robot space feelings. His this is space too much. Circuitry. You, <laughs> exactly. you upset his space circuitry. I, 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 I didn't use my space manners. I should have known better. <laughs> Where are your space better. manners, Eddie? I, I forget my space manners all you, the time. I, you you yeah. left them on Neptune. I did. I did. <laughs> Uh, check on the big baby, baby robot. robot. Amanda <laughs> has zero. She has zero sense of sensitivity towards this. She's like, listen, you're a robot. Grow up. Yeah. This, yeah. this is on you now, right? This is your year go. Oh, yep. This is me. The more you think about it, the less certain you are that yelling at Henry had anything to do with the problem. Still, it's worth a shot. You lean forward toward the terminal. Rapidly, your fingers hit the keys. 100, command, cancel, command, last, verbal, 200 run you lean back done but then almost without thinking about it you lean over and type some more henry i'm sorry i yelled at you i apologize now you feel better but there's still no response from henry this may take some time you decide to finish that nap you started and head off to bed hours later you awaken from a deep sleep somebody is singing it's coming from the bridge as you race down the corridor you recognize henry's voice then you make out the words, oh, I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. A big grin comes on your face and you breathe a sigh of relief. He's back. The end. Wow. <laughs> that is probably the most opposite existential ending there's ever uh, been on a, yeah. That's space bonkers. That, <laughs> why is that the end? I. I, uh, that's just weird. And then like, you just go take a nap. You're like, ah, I'll, I'll ah, deal with it later. I'll make me another Dagwood sandwich. <laughs> yes. Space Dagwood. It says, Oh, I'm Henry the eighth. I am. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. That is He's yeah. singing. He must be singing in an English accent. And that's their, very, I know Amanda, that was very yeah. anticlimactic. That was not what, uh, what I was I anticipating. It's yeah. called Space Patrol, and it ends with you finding your robot, assuming control of your ship, singing how he's the captain in um, an English accent. An English accent, yeah. That's just bizarre. But <laughs> this that's is how... where they, yeah. These two were totally bizarre. We had an existential crisis in the other one, and this one, we our robot like went crazy, I guess. Our robot just went nuts. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this. Which, once again, in the beginning, they said completely reliable. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, you knew you that was a that was a, a tease of what's what to come. You can rely on Henry to lose his gosh darn mind. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for your inevitable failure. <laughs> that yeah, we knew I was love. Coming. I just love the Dagwood sandwich. That was just a classic. You're in the space. Let's go make a sandwich. I'm making me a Dagwood. It's the 23rd century. <laughs> That's so tomorrow, Eddie, when you're at work, he's like, I'm going to make myself a Dagwood sandwich and just get the looks. Right. I'm and like, we're in what? the middle of, and we're in the middle, I'm in the middle of selling the house. So I got to get like, well, what's in my fridge, which is basically like a pop tart and some lunch meat and uh, like a couple pickles and a you're, piece of pizza and make that my sandwich. You're set. Yeah. 
exactly. And an orange on top. It's like, ugh. put a toothpick in it. Oh, Call it good. Man. Yeah, well, that was that was fun, Eddie. Just bizarre, both of them. But that's well, the weird ending. That's of both, what you get. You know what? That's, that's what you when get. You sign up when you sign up for choose your own adventure, man. You don't know where it's going to take you. That's the point. You could end up in space. You could end up learning about Eastern religion and make a Dagwood sandwich. Listen, we learned a lot of things tonight, kids. <laughs> <laughs> we learned don't trust a robot. We learned how to make a Dagwood. Like you said, we learned about Eastern well, philosophy. If you want to wrap it all up, this was kind of a Dagwood sandwich, metaphorically speaking. It was just a mix, a hodgepodge. Boom. Mind blown. <laughs> Boom. Both sides, Lee. <laughs> Both back and front. Boom. It's just everything this piled was, on was, into one hour. <laughs> this was a Dagwood sandwich of an episode. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Well done everybody. Well, we'll I think it's time to sign off and we'll maybe hopefully do it again in 2 weeks and Yeah. We'll uh see what we're going to do next. Probably won't be space, but who knows. You never know. We've been riding the space theme for a while, so we'll see where we go, but you know, you never know what Lee might find and strikes his fancy. So, yeah. The covert nerd will do what the covert nerd's got to do. That's right. We will ride off in the sunset on that flaming Ooh. mammoth someday. Ooh, I'm hoping, man. That's the way I want to go out with you. You and me yeah. both. Flaming mammoth off a cliff. That's the only way to go. <laughs> with a Dagwood sandwich in our hand. Dagwood sandwiches in our hands as we go. Mid-bite that just clears the cliff as we go. That would be awesome. Oh, I That's love it. That's the way we got to do it. All right. Well, thank you for those that are listening watching. And we'll do it again next time. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate the time that you take to listen to this podcast. It's a lot of fun to do. Please participate. Go to youchoosepodcast.com for all the different ways you can reach out to us and be part of the show. That's youchoosepodcast.com. Again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it.